Hey everybody, this is the Caniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I am Sam Driscoll, and you know what? What? No more national broadcasts. For now. And if you like this episode, please share, leave a review, and hit that subscribe button so you will never miss another episode. And if you also like it, please share it. And today we have on another guest, Hunter Dupree, longtime listener of the pod since we started. So welcome on to talk about the Canes with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's an honor. I've enjoyed listening, so I'm excited. What's your favorite part? I'm just curious. You probably liked Adam Gold. Yeah, Yeah. so far Adam Gold has been my favorite. But, I mean, I enjoy listening to you two as well, you know. Nice. Well, uh, we had a better week, uh, better results this week, I would think, than last week. Um, I remember that Islanders game was a real eyesore as the other team scored with 14 seconds left, couldn't get it over time. But we go to that Anaheim game, and we play a lot better. Um, there were, were still some moments, but we hit it off right at the start in, in the first period. And I believe, yes, that was the only first period where we scored on this week. Uh, but <laughs> Svechnikov scores from Shea and Jarvis. That was a great goal. It was an early start goal, so that was fun. You know, get the game going early because I think it was pretty early in the game where Svetch um, got things rolling, and Carolina just looked like they were ready to come out and and swing, and they pretty much did the full game. Uh, yes, they did. And uh, the next goal, and we're going to talk a lot about this guy, um, Sam and I. We call him a lot. Uh, uh, <laughs> a nickname that we have for him that we've had it was Stonehand Stall because yeah, we thought that was a catchy name, but he's not playing like Stonehands. He's playing with skilled hands right now. Yeah, yeah that's your, the truth. Your dad um, nicknamed him Stonehand Stall, and we've just kind of gone with it. You know, we love the captain. It's just funny because he's not someone who scores very often, but in this game, he looked like he was he putting the puck in the net like Andrei Svechnikov should. I know it was crazy. That whole line, which Adam Gold calls the one line, um, which I do like, it's a catchy name, um, has been dominant. So we're up to nothing. And then Anaheim scores. It was a very weird goal. All the way from the outside, Jason Mahara scores. And uh, were you guys a little concerned uh, at that point when it was 2-1? to one? Because Anaheim did have some momentum. After that, Hunter, do you? Uh, I mean, it's it's always, especially when it's one of those kind of goals, you know, where it just kind of, I think Freddie just kind of lost it, like he was getting screened, and it was just an awkward shot too. Um, so just the way they've been playing though, but the fact that they scored twice in the first period gave me comfort. At that point, they had scored twice, so I know typically they're a team that struggles to score in the first, so. That that's true. They they struggle in the first. Uh, so getting those two goals is huge. Anaheim had some some momentum after that goal, but I don't blame that goal on Anderson because it was a 
a long shot. And it also, to me, when I look at that goal, looks like it got a little bit tipped. Yeah. Um, I think it might have been off of our own player. I think it might have been bare. But um, I don't really hugely blame Anderson. I do think he wasn't well positioned for it. I kind of felt like that was one of the, you know, the Scott Darling-esque goals. I It just irked me because it was just thrown in on net. And if it was tipped, it was minimal. It really didn't affect, you know, if he was out on his crease doing his, I I feel like that one Freddie should have had and he didn't, which kind of, that, that concern, it concerned me because of the kind of goal that was allowed, not from how Carolina was playing, but it made me think, uh oh, is Freddie Anderson not on his game tonight? But he was on his game for the rest of the night. The other goal he allowed, it wasn't, you know, wasn't something I was really concerned about. It's Troy Terry. He's a great hockey player. Yes, he is a great hockey player. Um, but Martin Nook, uh, a, a player that uh, he's a heart and soul guy. He doesn't have a lot of skill, but he scores yes. um, from both Domi and Svech. So Domi gets an assist. He's been playing okay. I think Domi can step it up a bit. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but he gets an assist, and Sveshnikov gets his second point of the night. And um, what's you guys want to say anything or about uh, that just, goal? I was going to talk about. There's one other goal that period too. Go for it. Uh, that goal that was like, I, I, like when it went in, it definitely was like frustrating because from what we obviously we all would have thought it would be like goalie interference. Because, like, it, they're all around on top of each other. Uh, I don't remember who it was on Anaheim that was there first, but then Pesci pushes, like, bumps into him, pushes him on top of Anderson. And then, obviously, you know, it looks like goalie interference, so Rod challenges it. They come back out, like, 10 seconds later and say, like, to me, that's like they had already made their mind up as to uh, we're going to call it a goal irregardless of what happens. Obviously. And I haven't been a big fan of the process they do it. I don't really like uh, their judgment when they look at iPads, that's just me. Um, but I understand why the refs called it goalie interference. Um, didn't. Yeah, they, or didn't, didn't call it. Sorry, my bad. You're good. Um, because Pesci did push him into our goalie. Um, now, again, this is more of a rulebook problem than an officiating problem when it comes to goalie interference. Because... The Anheim player, he, he he did position himself uh, before um, in contact with the goalie. But, he, again, you could make the argument that he wasn't really interfered with enough to make the save. Uh, would you guys agree with that or disagree? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I told you because we I was sitting with yeah. your honor at the game that I understood the challenge. Because Anaheim Ducks player was in the crease before before the shot came and before the goal. So, yes, it was initiated by the Ducks player. But I don't think Anderson was really bumped until Pesci kind of Pushed him. knocked him into Anderson. In which case, you know, Anderson had no chance. Um, So, I felt like, yes, you, you do it. Okay, you, you make the you challenge the play to slow the game down. Because you needed to do that. Anaheim was pushing. And after that... Um. Yeah, I mean, makes sense to, to challenge. You have the best penalty kill in the league. You know, you go on the penalty kill. You know, you're confident your guys can handle it. 
So, you know, if there's even a slight chance the goal comes off the board, you take it. So, I mean, I don't disagree with Rod for, for challenging yeah. the goal. I just, I didn't think inherently there was enough there to overturn the goal. Like, it wasn't blatant enough. I mean, obviously, if Pesci wasn't there, then it would have been overturned. But, you know, since he had a Canes player there and there's clear contact that Carolina, you know, Pesci and the Ducks player made, you know, it is what it is. You know, move on from that. And, um, and unfortunately, we didn't have to go on the P-Kill at all because – and it – for a minute, I thought we were going to be on the penalty again, five on three, but it was actually a face-off violation by the guy that I would at the very least expect from, which is their captain, and hats off to Ryan Getzlaff, who's going to be retiring after this season, uh, makes the penalty. Right. Face-off violation. There are a lot of people that didn't know what face-off violation was. I already knew about it. Yeah, I did too. I, I didn't. I actually looked at Sam. I'm like, what's this penalty for? So just to explain, because it, it doesn't happen a lot. The face-off violation happens very, very rarely. Because once you... So basically, if your team gets booted twice from the circle, so you get hit once, so you know you'll see the ref's arm go up, you get waved out of the circle. If you do it a second time, that's a face-off violation. You get two minutes for it. And I think it's face-off violation delay game. So I think it's a combination of those two. Um, it doesn't happen often because a lot of times it's the player who comes in afterwards tries to win the face-off, but yeah. not as hard. So they, they don't want to get hit again. Well, Brian Getzlov isn't like that. He's going to go in and try and win the face-off. And he did. He got called, and that's two minutes for delay game. So, it, so we go on four-on-four four hockey, and nobody – not more of, and Hunter, you could correct me. Uh, nobody scored on yeah, that. Yeah, nobody four scored. Four. Okay. But, uh, again, thank you for that uh, disallowed goal, because I did forget that. Yeah. Um, but um, I have it listed in the second period, because that's when it happened. But right at the beginning of the game, you, there was already tension between Andrei Svechnikov and Ryan Gitzlaff. Uh Part of it, I think, was... It was a clean hit. Um, I Kevin Shattuckert, yeah, was the player that he hit. Um, That's a monster hit. Yeah, it was a great hit, clean hit. And then Ryan Gitzlaff uh, took that personally, apparently, and those two were going at it. Um, even before the fight, uh, I saw Gitzlaff kind of in the face-off yeah. circle, just whacking at Svech. But they eventually go at it in the second period. What do you guys think of that huge scuffle? I mean, I just want to say first off, I'm I'm happy, I'm proud of Shvechnikov for not for he wasn't the one that dropped the gloves. Exactly. Know? He two years ago, three years ago, when was it we placed Washington and he got in the fight with Ovechkin? I think he learned a lot from that fight. Don't remind me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, for him to 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 not do it until he was forced to, um, I think that speaks a lot about how much he's grown. As a player, yeah. As a pl- as a player, yeah, so. yeah. Um, th- I like that you pointed that out. He has grown as a player. He doesn't do a lot of silly, pen- unnecessary penalties anymore. Um, I that it did start out though. Um, I it looked like it was just like a leg on leg incident. It, 
I, I could see it being called as a trip. Yeah. And it was, it was called as a trip. Remember, and it was. I honestly didn't think it was Fetchnikov who, who extended. I thought it was Getzlav. And then Getzlav lost it, and the Anaheim Ducks blamed Svetch, but so tripping. So, you know, at the whole scrum, there really wasn't a fight. There was no fighting major declared, but we did see that Jarvis ended up dropping the gloves, and he, he stood up for Svetch. He's a feisty guy. Yeah, to be 18 and as small as he is, like... He plays a big game. Yeah. That's what I like about Darvish. And we'll talk about him in the Rangers game with that great goal. But he's a feisty dude. And uh, it ended up with three Anaheim players um, in the box. And Svetch and Jarvis in the box. And I saw something on Twitter. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but it was... Uh, you I remember think, it? Yeah, I saw... I don't know if it's what one you're talking about, but I saw one talking about... As if they were the Bash Bros from the Mighty Yes, Bucks. I saw that. It and was so, so funny. I thought that was hilarious, too. Did you see that, Sam? I didn't see that, but I, I mean, I saw plenty of pictures of Svechnikov and Jarvis just laughing. smiling and laughing. Yeah, that's the about- And then you had, like, Getzlav, who was in the box trying to, like, mouth off at him, and they're just laughing. Having a good time. Yeah, I think that's... that's because, funny. I mean, you know, Carolina's in the playoffs, and they know that, so... And, and you know, their mind's like... You know, like, what are you doing? Like, this is, like, you want to mouth off, go ahead. You know, we're in the playoffs, you're not. Have fun. Sit there. And that could be, again, that could be the reason why we tend to play a little bit down to these lesser-known teams. Because, I mean, most of these players' minds are, and it's true, you're, we're already in the playoffs. It's just having to play out the rest of that string that they still need to do. Yeah, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Anaheim was still fighting for playoffs potentially. Like they had not they been, got eliminated. They had not been eliminated yet, so yeah. Anaheim had a lot to you know fight for. I mean, they would have had to have won out, and teams would have had to yeah. lose out. But I mean, they were still in technically in the hunt. Yeah, but after that game, they were not, and you know. Ryan Getzlov wasn't his. I've always felt he was a classy and great hockey player for Anaheim. He really wasn't that that night, but I think he's just frustrated. You know, his career's coming to an end, and he never won a cup. Oh no, he did win a cup, didn't he? Yeah, when he Anaheim, did. And Anaheim won. I think he has won a cup. Um, but I think he felt like Anaheim deserved better fates in the last several seasons. Um, Getzlov's a great player. You know, you know. Congrats on retiring. Good, an amazing career. He's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer, I'm sure. Um, but you know, him and Corey Perry. I liked yeah. Corey Perry a lot when he was in Anaheim. Yeah, they had some good teams back in the day. And I think and there's some Solani. And there's definitely frustrations there with with Getzlov um, because the team got called out for not having anyone standing up for the young guys. Because if you remember in Arizona. Uh, there was some yeah. feistiness there, and the young players were the ones that got taken down. I mean, I tend to believe that, you know, I, I thought that was a reasonable reaction, you know, came in cross-checked. I mean, you're not, you know, you're going to come over and do that to, to Jay Beagle. Jay Beagle is not going to let you just get away with that, and he didn't. But there wasn't anyone in Anaheim who tried to stop him, really. So I think Getzlav was reacting to the criticism from a former player and, you know, kind of coming to that defense and being that tough guy, being that feisty guy, because Anaheim really doesn't have a tough guy anymore. They traded him all away at the deadline. Yeah, Manson was one of them. So it was, you know, I mean, that's, and I told you at the game, I was like, okay, Anaheim doesn't really have defense. It's, it could yeah. be they're going to try and skate with us. Now they have Zegras and they have... Um, and Zegras tried it. Yeah, he did. He, he yeah. tried the lacrosse goal, uh, but good on, I think... Brady Shea. Uh, Brady Shea, yeah. 
Ricochet stopped him, and so did Anderson, and it was interesting. It was kind of funny to see it so happen. But that guy is fun to watch. So how many times in practice do you think Sveshnikov practices that just to prepare for other players? Because it's becoming a more and more popular move. People are trying it more. Right, so how Which means you have to get more fancy because pe- people are learning now. Yeah. Because it's what Zegers has done it, Forsberg has done it, and Svechnikov has done Svechnikov it. Svechnikov started the yeah. whole thing. Svechnikov did it twice in a year. I think Zegers has done it twice, maybe three times. Yeah. But Zegers had just done it like the game prior, right? It, a couple it, games it was, prior. Yeah, it was a yeah, couple so. games. Arizona, actually. Which is why I think Jay Beagle may have taken exception to the after whistle activities that had happened, he wasn't going to let them, you know, get away with that kind of crap anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that game was fun because you have two young teams um, and I'm not really there yet. I do think they have a promising future though. Um, but the third period stall takes over the game. <laughs> Jordan stall three Anaheim ducks two. I know. Uh, Saul getting that hat trick on the empty net, man. Uh, you could you could see the players wanted that more for him. Like Rod put him out there on that line, on like one of the last lines, just to give him a shot once they pulled the goalie. So. I mean, Rod Brennamore loves Jordan Stahl. I mean, so oh, he does. He he. You know, I think not a lot of times because there's been several games that I've been to recently where players had two goals and Rod did not put them out there for the empty net. But I I think everyone loves Jordan so much, and for him to get his first hat trick as a Carolina Hurricane, say, yeah. and he's been with us for forever now. You know, his last hat trick was in 08. It was really awesome with Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was awesome to see I, Jordan was, get the hat trick. It was funny. I saw a tweet and it said things that were like out, not out. Or things that were going on last time Stahl scored a hat trick and it was it two thousand eight? I saw and, one thing. It was it had a baby picture of Jarvis. That was one of the <laughs> stuff, and it was so funny. I didn't see that one. I saw it was like um, I think it's talking about like some of the social media platform like Instagram hadn't been created yet. Um, who was still president at the time and all that kind of stuff. So um, I thought that was pretty funny. It's crazy. You would have figured he's been here for so long that he would have done it, but. No, I mean, I've seen plenty of Eric Stahl hat tricks, and, you know, but nice to see Jordan. So now I've seen two Stahl brothers. And, and he's the captain. So, I mean, you, yeah. you got to feel happy for the dude. I, I think I remember one. I think it was you, um, I don't, Sam um, Driscoll. Uh, um, yeah, because I'm Sam Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you tweeted, oh, captain, my captain. And that was, like I said, it was good to see him score that hat trick. That's the first time I'd ever seen a hat trick in person. So I metaphorically, we were up, you know, upper level. So I metaphorically threw my hat down. But <laughs> it was a fun game. I loved, love getting a hat trick. You always want to get one a season, um, at least. And it was cool to get uh, Jordan Stall the hat trick, and and that and that kind of carried over into the next game. So that was a statement game, and I said it after the game because you had a rough ending. You know that Islanders game was a gut punch, so you needed to come out with and make a statement, especially before you headed to the most hostile arena in the National Hockey League and with the most important games in the National Hockey, one of the most important games of the season, the you know against Mad- in Madison Square Gardens against the Rangers, and that was going to be huge. Carolina did their, you know, their due diligence, right? They they came out statement game against the Ducks. They're like, we're not going to lose another game in a row to a non-playoff team. Came out, whooped them. Then you move to the most important game of the season against the New York Rangers. 
in Madison Square Gardens, a must win because you are fighting for the Metropolitan Division. And remember, remembering that game, um, the Hurricanes, I didn't think for the majority of the game were great. Um, I thought the first period, period. (laughs) I thought that first period was mainly Rangers domination and Rangers play a very similar game to us too. They're a four checking type of game. They want you to mess up and we messed up a ton in our own end of failing to get it out of our zone. Um, but, and, and I believe we got on two, what was it? Two kills that first period, and we were excellent. And I believe it was those two kills that kind of got us motivated heading into the second period, but the Rangers show that they're a very good team, and it's Kate Keandre Miller, one of their another great young defenseman, along with Adam Fox, along with Ryan Lindgren. Um, he scores. And then I remember him scoring. I was just like, well, the, we, we could lose this game. But Sveshnikov ties it up. What you think that was the biggest point of was Sveshnikov scoring? It was an interesting goal. I know you were working that night, yeah. Hunter, so you didn't probably get to to watch this game. But I mean, you know, it was one of those. It, it was a good hockey sense goal because Sveshnikov was behind the net. He taken a shot, rebound went into the corner. Sveshnikov corralled the puck. Shesterkin uh, was in an awkward position. And Svechnikov banks it right off his pad and into the goal. Tie game. 1-1. Heading into the third. And that's what made Carolina in a position to, you know, anyone's game. Win the third. Win the game, right? So, and that's what it did because Carolina played a, a good second period. They did not play a good first period. New York was the better team in the first. I thought it was fairly even in the second. Maybe New York, maybe a slight edge to New York. But Carolina definitely played better in the second. They, they built the game. Toward the end of the second, I thought it was Hurricane, a little bit more Hurricane dominance than I thought the start of it. Yes, was so, you know, an even more evenly matched second period. I think, again, New York played better for most of it, so again, slight edge to New York, but Carolina does tie it. Heading into the third, big goal. Carolina has all of the momentum, and they, boy, do they carry it into the third. That Jarvis goal. I would say that's probably the prettiest goal I've seen this past week. Such a good pass from... So, Trocek um, can't score on a breakaway. Ajo can't score on a breakaway. Teravina can't score on a breakaway. But you get (laughs) a nice, young, 18, 19-year-old rookie who learns not to go 5 Oh, he's 20? Yeah. He's 20? All right, you get a nice 20-year-old young kid who has learned and doesn't attempt to go five-hole, backhand roofs it over Shesterkin for probably one of the prettiest goals of the season. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of that goal? Oh, I, so like, 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 um, like you said earlier, I was working, so I didn't oh, really get to right. see it. But I did see like the highlight when they posted it, and that was such a beautiful goal. Like he said, you know, he got to do different things. So Yeah, exactly. Right move. And I'm sure you guys would agree. The most consistent line all season has been that stall line. But I think in order for Hurricanes to win games, you need to have that line plus another line. And it was that Ajo, Svetch, and Jarvis line that really showed up. Yeah. Now, I still think it is a matter of time uh, to have Teravainen and Ajo back together because it really does seem like Teravina needs more of Aho than Aho needs of Teravina. 
Yeah, I could see Svechnikov playing down with Trocek. Maybe it might help get Trocek going. Because really, right now, and Adam Gold talked about this too, on that line. So right now, it's Trocek, Svechnikov, I'm sorry, Trocek, Taravainen, and Natchez. Not a single one of them is really a shoot-first kind of guy. But if you were to put Svechnikov down, bump Taravainen up, you get that shoot-first. So you have your scorer and Jarvis. Jarvis is probably your more goal-scorer guy on the first line. And then you have Svechnikov, your goal scorer on the second line. And you have your third line, who just, they're all great players. They can put the puck in the net if they need to. You got your goal scorer there and Nino Niederreiter. And then you have your third line right now, which is Code Kinyemi, uh, Domi, and Martinuk. So right now it would probably be Code Kinyemi slash Domi, who can score. Domi is a, Domi, he's done it before. He's only, you know, he, he can score goals. So you have your goal scorer in that line and Kotkaniemi slash Domi. They both can be good playmakers recently. Domi's turned into the playmaker kind of a player and a goal scorer, but KK can score. So you have three of, you have four lines. If you do the swap with Svetch and, and Teravine, you're going to have four lines with four goal scorers, the goal scorer on each line. And that's what you want is to have that goal scorer on each line. Um, but again, that Jarvis line, very good. I do see it getting split up uh, as we get into playoff time because I do think you need to have Svetch and Ajo both playing on separate lines to really get more offense. Um, I think you'll see that dependent upon you know. I think you'll see that especially when we're playing away games because if you if you load up Teravine and Ajo and Svechnikov, that's all on your top line. But if you break it up a little bit and you put Svetch on that second line. You're giving the the away team, you know, fits because you have Aho on one, Svetch on the other, and that's going to be tough yeah. for 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 them to counter that because you know they're going to put their top line out, obviously, probably against Aho, their shutdown line or their shutdown line against Aho. But either way, that leaves another line ready to wreak havoc. In our fourth line, I love Jordan Martinuk. <laughs> he is a heart and soul of this team, but when it comes to skill, I think I'd rather have either Lawrence or um, Derek Stepan. And if you were to input them into that line, honestly, I think you have a first line, you know, your top line, your second line, then you have like 3A and then 3B. Because yeah. I don't think we really have a fourth line. I think our forward lines are that good that you don't have a fourth line. You have two thirds. So, because Code Kinyemi, let's be honest, he's he can be a third, second line center. And I've argued that I think KK should play up. I did last week. KK, I think, would be great on the first line if you really want to juggle things around. If the scoring dries up, like it kind of did against Detroit, I'm okay with juggling the lines to the point where it gets a little bit wonky like that, right? I don't have a mind. I don't have a problem with KK centering the first line with like Aho and Teravinen. Because he provides physicality. Yep. And and I love Aho and Teravinen. They're very skilled players, but they are a bit soft. And I think adding a physical presence in KK could open things up for Aho and Teravina. What Hunter? What 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 do you think of lion juggling? I mean, I just I, one of my favorite parts about this team is the flexibility. You can put yeah. anybody almost anywhere. You know, I th- obviously don't think um, like he's kind of talking about Martin Hook. He's as good as he is. I don't think he needs to be on the first line ever. Um, but. Like you keep talking about Shveshnikov, Aho. Like I just, I, I love that line. Like whenever they do put Shveshnikov, um, Aho, Teravinen, I think it's probably one of the best lines in hockey. But like you just said, you you don't want to put all your talent on one line. Not saying that the other players aren't talented, but you do need that. Like you just said, goal scores on every line. So, yeah, the flexibility of the team is great. 
Oh, it it is. Now, I'm sure none of us want, wants to... Uh, well, Rangers do make it interesting uh, by Chris Kreider getting his 50th goal uh, in the third period. I was a little concerned. Sam, were you a little concerned when they got that... Um, Second goal. Yeah, I was nervous, but I felt like Carolina had just taken over the game. They they had the empty net. They got a good shot off. You know, it's Chris Kreider he's scoring goals like a maniac this year. And but I I I felt nervous, but I wasn't concerned too terribly much because again, I thought Carolina was just manhandling New York in the third. So there, I, I felt Carolina was going to get two points that game, and then they did. Aho scored, and that was all she wrote. Yes, and as we're recording this, uh, the Rangers did win against yes. Detroit. So we are now back uh, to playing tied, uh, being tied for first place. But again, with the Rangers, pl- well, we are playing so today. So Car- there, there is no one game in hand anymore. No, we right? do. So we have the game in hand. So New York has played one more game than we have, which is why we're, which is why we're, not, which is why we have the tiebreaker lead at the moment. So if we beat Colorado. We take a two point lead in the standings. So in reality, the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, destiny, you know, their destiny is in their own hands. Yeah. For many, many years, it wasn't in their own hands. So we were reliant on other games going other ways in order to attempt to attempt to end the playoff drought, which never happened that way. But this year, Carol, you know, it's in their, it is their destiny to, to control. Carolina controls whether or not they're the number one team in the Metropolitan Division. So, yes, a loss tonight would be hard, but then you have to go into Madison Square Gardens and win. So, it comes down to, you know, tiebreakers. I think New York has more wins than we do. Um, I think. I'm, I'm not 100% certain. Um, but I think Carolina would win the tiebreaker against New York, which we would find out tonight if we lose to Colorado. Um, the way we're playing, though, I mean play a great team we play a great game yeah. so i i mean i could see us definitely winning tonight and it not shocking me shocking me at all and then i'll say well what happened with detroit and um you know let's also not forget tonight there's a lot of caniacs in the building because this was the season ticket member game so they 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 had they were the carolina hurricanes were selling seats for for this game so they're trying to pack out the crowd in colorado i mean i heard some stories and um I know there are a lot of planes heading out to Denver with a lot of Canes fans on them. So the hope is Carolina's heading out. You know, fans are traveling out to Denver. We're going to have a good crowd and attendance at Pepsi Center, I'm sure. And um, we're going to have some Caniacs in the building. Did we win the last game at Pepsi Center? I don't know. Because I remember we did win one game at Pepsi Center, and it was Jacob Slavin that scored in, I believe, overtime. Because it's been two years since we've been there. Because yeah, we wouldn't season. have played them last year with the way that the yeah, the COVID that's right. Stuff, so, so I think it'll be fun. It'll be a really fun game tonight. I'm 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 excited about this game. It's two of the best teams in the league, and if I remember right, I, I would have to check. I, I don't know. I thought I had heard a stat that the Carolina Hurricanes and the Colorado Avalanche were tied or close to, or maybe it was Carolina and Florida have the most regulation wins this season. Or since January, or so it was. I think it's this season, so it's impressive. You know, Carolina and Florida and Colorado; those are three markets that are smaller in size because Colorado is still a smaller market. You have Carolina, smaller market. 
Florida Panthers. Oh my goodness, they're probably the smallest of the three. Um, They've won nine games in a row. Florida has yeah. won nine games. That, they're crazy. Florida's great, but I think Florida's difficult. And you've heard Adam Gold mention it too. I've kind of believed this way as well. They don't believe in their goaltending. And I don't believe in their goaltending. So if you're, if our defense can shut down that offense and we can get some past Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight. And I'm not sold on their defense as much. I think their defense is better than, than the, the potential of their goaltending. Um, but you look at a lot of the games of Florida, um, they start out being behind by three or four goals and then they just turn it on just like that. That's why they had the nickname. Seven or eight goals because they had that nickname of the comeback cats so so that's not gonna work out in the playoffs i was gonna say like looking ahead i don't think that like you just said i don't think that's sustainable in the playoffs because playoffs you get yourself in a hole early yeah it's a series but then you know every game is so much more important and if you're down 3-1 and you can't come back it's not like the regular season teams are gonna play harder in the playoffs and defense it's more of a defensive sound game in the playoffs too so and I think your top three teams in the playoffs are obviously Colorado, Florida, and Carolina. That's what one, two, three are in the standings now, too. I think some people are a little bit higher on Toronto than I am. I, I don't believe in that organization. It's I Toronto. Don't believe what in, else yeah. do you need to say? I don't believe in that team because I don't believe in their goaltending. And I think this is interesting. If you look at the teams who are one, two, and three, and then you have four and five, and I would say in, in Toronto and New York, the Rangers, um, Two of those teams have solid goaltending. Carolina and New York have the two best goalies, in my opinion, in the league. Anderson has been absolutely fantastic. Not as much recently, but I still believe in Freddie Anderson. He's a solid goaltender. He's been amazing all year. So you have Freddie Anderson and Auntie Rondo, both outstanding goaltenders. I think Anderson's going to pick things up. I have every confidence in Anderson and Rondo. You have Shesterkin and um, the the Rangers, Rangers. who is probably going to be the Vesna winner. I mean, he's also absolutely fantastic and then you have toronto jack campbell i don't think jack campbell's gonna i, I don't think he can I, he's just not that great goaltender he's an oak he's a good goalie but he's not going to provide you that elite goaltending you need in the playoffs colorado i think darcy kemper is a good goalie he started out rough with colorado yeah he did. and, and it, it is to be expected because he's with a new team in colorado yeah. he's been playing with arizona most of his time it's to be expected, but he he got back to being a great goalie for Colorado. And Colorado, I do believe they're such a scary good team. Yeah. They are, and I think their weakness is goaltending because I don't know much about Kemper in playoffs. So the question is then, can Kemper play well then too, or can you beat him? So I think that's going to be their issue there. I think Colorado's really only issue is goaltending, and that's their question mark. And then you have, um, what was the other team? You have Florida, and their question mark is goaltending and defense. Yeah, there is no question about their offense. And you have Jonathan Huberto, Barkov, and Giroux. There is nobody questioning whether you have a good offensive team or not. And so, Reinhardt and that rookie of Anton Lundell. And Bennett. I mean, Dang. you have <laughs> Joe Thornton. I mean, you have all of the offense. You have all of the offense. The question is... Offense doesn't win championships. Never has, never will, never does. It's whether or not you have defense. It's whether or not you can shut down the other team. It's whether or not if you get sucked into a trap game, can you win? Yeah. And that's Carolina's weakness. We get sucked into that trap game. We cannot win those games. 
because our offense is our bread and butter, but we do have a solid defense because we can turn on the trap game ourselves if we get a few goal lead and we can lock it down. So that's the point. If you get sucked in early into a trap game, Florida, Carolina do struggle and Colorado struggles because we, we did it to them when we beat them to nothing, locked them in a trap game. We scored a cup, we scored a goal, you know, locked them in and we won two nothing, you know, two nil. So yeah, I mean, some of these teams, they all have weaknesses. Carolina's weakness right now is their offense. We're not scoring like we should be. Colorado's weakness is probably going to be their goaltending. And then you have the weakness in Florida, definitely their goaltending and defense. Toronto, goaltending. The common thread for a lot of these top teams is their offense has bailed them out. And the question is, is that going to be sustainable in the playoffs, which we don't know until we get there. And that's the thing I'm questioning about with us. Is it, It's not goal to... to I don't think it's goaltending. I mean, I guess you could possibly make an argument, but not much. Mm-hmm. I think our weakness is going to be our star players, whether they could show up. We have the depth scoring. Yep. It's the matter of Aho, Svetch. Trochek's for sure. Trochek. Although Trochek's more of a secondary guy and should be treated as a secondary scoring He's been struggling as well. I think Carolina does well if Natchez and Jarvis specifically play their best hockey of their career. If they do, no one's going to beat Carolina because that means Aho's going, Svechnikov is going, Trocek is going. And if you have the stall line, the one line still playing fantastic, and you get your top two going, and then you got your fourth line contributing when they can, we're probably the best team in the league. But you, you need that ability – you need to see Aho and Svechnikov do it. And they haven't done it consistently yet in the playoffs specifically. Nina Ryder hasn't really shown up in the playoffs since coming to Carolina. He's been a great regular season player. And and that's going to be, I think, the, the difference maker when it comes to renewing the contracts for Trocek and Nino. It's going to be what they do in the playoffs. I mean, I don't think Carolina renews Trocek. I think that's why they did what they did with Kotkaniemi. But I could see them doing Nina Ryder. But, I mean... If I Nina Ryder, Nita Ryder right now, I, I would too. Me. But if Nina Ryder has another playoff where he's just kind of there, they're just going to move on because you can use that cap for another free agent if there's something else available, and that's what they'll do. I mean, and that might be happens with with Natchez. We've talked about it with Adam Gold. You know, you might ship off Natchez for a first round draft pick. So it's a matter of what happens. What what's going to What's going to transpire this offseason, we'll discuss much later because we're hoping we're discussing this after a Stanley Cup win. So then we're probably not going to care too much of what we do in the offseason. <laughs> but, you know, you obviously you want to repeat in that case. But if we don't win this year, then Caroline is going to have to retool and tinker a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what they do for sure. But I'm hoping they win. Yeah, I think definitely. it just all has to fall in the right place. You know, it's all a matter of getting hot at the right time. Yeah, for so. sure. And then, you know, that Detroit game was just – I, I know you, Sam, were more upset about it than, than I was. I, I felt like Carolina played a good game. They they, they didn't score. Nedeljkovic was fantastic. And I felt Carolina had a – played a good game and didn't get rewarded, which happens. It's yeah. hockey. Sometimes you run into that hot goalie. You're playing a goalie you've played before. He wants to win more than anything. So. Like the Minnesota game with Mark Andre Fleury. I thought Fleury stole the show in yep. that game. Um, and it was rough that game. It was frustrating. And I understand why the fans were are frustrated with this team. 
you beat one of the best teams in the Rangers, and then you come out not even getting a goal against Detroit. Now, the only thing Detroit has is a bit of a revenge factor with Nedeljkovic in that. Yeah. Um, but still shouldn't be much of an excuse. Right. I, I mean, good for Ned. So good for Ned. Former Kane. Yeah. I want to see him succeed. Yeah. I definitely, I got fresher. I texted, um, Sam Driscoll probably after the second period. Maybe, I don't remember when that maybe, maybe it was after the game. But I texted him. I'm like, I'm so frustrated that we keep outplaying teams and losing. Like how many shots did we have? It was like, over. He had an over forty. I think it was forty six. Yeah, six, which is nine. ridiculous because, like, it's just frustrating. But I mean, Ned made some spectacular oh. saves. I mean, absolutely. Like, oh my goodness, how did he stop that kind of a thing? But you know, at the end of the I day, I thought our best period was the first period, and then I think yeah. we didn't really get a hold of our game a little bit after that. I, I think the third period was the worst. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But you know what? You just move on, move from, move on from there. Yep. Play but, a better game, and. Yeah. uh we play next game is Colorado. That's tonight. So, you know, you just, you got to flush the Detroit game. You played well. You can take a lot from that. If you play that same game tonight, you're probably going to score goals. Yep. So you go back, you play that same game, you play aggressive, you, you try and get some, some shots on Kemper, rattle him early. You know, Colorado can play frustrated. If you frustrate them, they're, they, they actually will get caught in that kind of a, kind of a, a problem. You know, Colorado's weakness is if you rattle them, their mind gets off the game. Right. So, and that's what you got to do. And very few teams can get them rattled. Carolina rattled them. They, they, I mean, McKinnon was mad at the end of the game. You know, he was crying like a child because <laughs> they called a penalty on Kadri, which was a penalty. Like, I'm sorry. But you know what? We'll see if they can do it tonight. It's in, it's in Colorado. They're going to want to beat us after how last game went. But, you know, they're going to want to beat us because I'm sure they are. They're aware that we've got a lot of fans in the building tonight. So, you know, it's a, it's a win. For, you know, it's a game they want to win. And I think it's important for them, too, if they're trying to, you know, get, like they haven't like no one's won the, the trophy yet. Right. For no the, one's won the president's trophy. I mean, yet. like they're there. It's going to be they're in first. But yeah. Florida's like right behind them. Right. So it, it's going it, to be close. between them and Florida. We're completely out of it. Yeah. So unless everybody else loses and we win every game, you know, they would have to really falter. Both of those teams would have to seriously. <laughs> hey, falter. I, it, it's a possibility. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you never know what happens. But Carolina could go scorch the rest of the games and Florida and Colorado might slow down. So you never know. Florida's one nine, so they're bound to lose a game coming up soon too. Another thing I want to know about that Detroit game that I think also was a difference maker, uh Ranta did not play that well, in my mm. opinion. Ranta played a good thirty nine minutes of hockey. Yeah. And then yeah. he let in that soft goal at the end of the period, and that was it. Because Ranta was playing really good in that I first period. The, I thought the first and the third goal. Or soft ones. The second yes, one yeah. was just an unfortunate bounce off of the net. So, mm. I mean, not really much you could do. But I think he could have had... I mean, the first goal was leaked right behind him. Yeah, and that was, what, like 13 seconds left in the period? Like, yes. that was. That's one of the worst goals to give up, is like right before the end of a period. Yeah, because then that just kind of blows the tires out from under you. So that's it. You know, that's the game-winning goal. They scored two more. Ernie's goal was kind of wonky, but you know he's he's been he's just he's played well against us for the last couple of years. Not a surprise. And then Zadina is a great player. He scores again. I think Ronta should have had it. 
at least, you know, it's a good hockey player. I like that Cider kid, though. Yeah, and Cider played really well in the game. I mean, Detroit didn't play well in general, but they they scored when they needed to. Dylan Larkin, you know, got the assists on the Ernie goal, or the sorry, the Cider goal. I don't like Larkin. (laughs) (laughs) Really? You don't? I just don't. I don't know why. I think it stems from last year I went to a game and he did something I didn't like, so... Hmm. I mean, interesting. Yeah, that, okay, that makes sense. I mean, that's how a lot of Canes fans feel about Brooks Orpic after he broke Garrett Cole's neck. So, oh. yeah, I and mean, you know, you get players that do something you don't like <laughs> and you hate them for a while. So, I don't blame you for that. Um, but you know what? It's on to Colorado, and that's how the f- players are feeling. They've worked on the power play tonight. You, the power play has to play well because the power play has been. They have not scored a power play goal in April. That's unacceptable. It is, and and was also unacceptable is that the second unit is playing better than the first one. The first unit, you have Aho, Svetch. Trojak is on that first unit, I believe, as well. D'Angelo. You should be able to get goals. I mean, I don't know if this is a... And they worked on it. I I saw yesterday um, in practice, it was all power play stuff. Um, Brenda Moore even called it out after the game against Detroit. Yeah. Do you think it's more of a system type of thing from the coaches? Maybe they need to work out a different scheme, or do you think the players need to? I think the players need to shoot the puck. Shoot. Yeah. And yeah. shoot the puck. I mean, you, you, the first unit's problem is. So I, I don't think it's a problem with the system. Because it's worked this season. That's what I was going to say. There is not a problem with the system. The problem is you're getting these players that are creating unforced errors, unforced turnovers. That's the problem. Like, ah, who loses the puck? He wasn't even pressured, and he loses the puck. And then that's it. That's the end of the first unit's stretch in the zone. And that's the problem. They need to, they need to find confidence, because right now they just don't have it. But once that first one goes in, it wouldn't surprise me if the first unit goes on a, a scorcher. And they just start sco- scoring on the power play. Yeah. And to me, the thing that frustrates me the most, though, um, is Vetch still tries for that Ovechkin house shot. Uh, because, I mean, he he was really good at the start of it a few seasons ago. And now players are learning. Um, I don't think that it matters. Shot. So I, I was thinking, do you. Does that matter? Does well, he need to just keep shooting and trying to find no, a way? I, so the thing is right now is with, with Svechnikov, I don't think he's even playing on that side of the ice where he could hit that one-timer. So I was actually thinking you put him on that side where he can take that shot like Ovechkin. He's got a great shot. You put him on that side, try and get him open and, and just you know power you know one time at home. He doesn't even do that. No one, you know, that's the big problem is I'm seeing is a lot of times the players choose to settle instead of just taking the quick shot. And I feel as if they take the quick shot more often, you know, I feel like that's going to give you more of a chance to score because if you wait, you're going to, the goalie's going to get across. They're going to make the save. And if you take the chance on not settling the puck, you're, you know, obviously you cut back on some accuracy, but the goalie's on the other side of the net. Take the shot quickly release it fast or else you're definitely not going to score so that's the big problem yeah it is um anything else about trying to improve the power play or we'll see what they do tonight well yeah Yeah. i guess we'll just see what they do tonight um 
It's kind of a lighter topic. Uh, just you guys have been watching any TV shows? TV shows. <laughs> Waiting for Obi Wan. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be good. I've been watching Moon Knight. Um, and I that's that that's I like that show. I need to watch it. You told me about it um, before the game the other day on like, last Sunday. You told me about it, and I because the main actor it's um guy that played Poe Oscar Isaac. Right? I think Star that's Wars. his name, and I like him. Uh, he's a good actor. So yeah. I've only heard I've not I've heard nothing but good things about Moon Knight. So yeah, I was thinking I might have to actually start watching it too. So, but I've been trying to get Driscoll to watch Game of Thrones, but he I, just refuses. <laughs> I think Graham would like Moon Knight because he kind of resembles a little bit like Batman. But mm, it's possible we might have to sit down and watch it sometime. He, he definitely does. I, I see some of Batman vibes <laughs> in him. Well, we all we both know how much he loves Batman. Definitely. But uh, yeah. We hope you guys enjoy this podcast. And, yeah, uh, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. You know, yeah, I like having this guy named uh, Hunter. <laughs> yeah, we like see, having uh, we like having guests on the pod. See, funny story behind that. Just I know we're trying to end it, but Sam Wallace, for whatever oh, reason, no, I'm gonna put him. I'm gonna expose him <laughs> for whatever reason. I, he does. He could not remember my name, and I I helped him out. And when he came to my store. He said, see you later, Ethan. <laughs> for whatever reason, he thinks his name is Ethan. And for the, the record, it's not. It is Hunter. He is our guest today on this podcast. And fortunately, Sam did not. Have I said Ethan once this <laughs> podcast? You just did. Oh, well, fortunately, Sam, you didn't insult the guest this time. So that's a good thing. I was trying to be funny with Adam. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, Adam. I won't do it again. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, this is the Kaniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. I am Sam Driscoll. Have a nice week, everybody.